we're in the middle of the sugya of Emes Vesheket. Yesterday, we started with an introduction into the mile of Emes and how important Emes is for your life, okay? Um, and how bad it is to have Sheket, which is why it's important for a person to realize. Uh, we said that one of the things that the wall stands on is Emes. The Chasima, the signature, Ali, of the Rabbani Shlolem is Emes. Uh, we even said as well the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that there are three groups of people that the Rabbani Shlom doesn't doesn't have the Shechina over, and one of them are people that are liars. Okay, so if a person is a liar, what exactly is the definition of a liar? Maybe we'll talk about. Maybe we won't. But I'm sure people can. In fact, I was actually I want to actually mention this to you because I talked about this. I mentioned it in the Orach Sadikim, but I was walking home with a very chosh of a bocha last night, and I said something to him. Um, for whatever reason, I was, I was discussing something, and I mentioned a name, and he said to me, I wasn't a guy in yeshiva, I mentioned a name, and, I said, and he says to me, oh, that guy, he's a liar, I wouldn't even trust him when he was telling the truth. No. And it hit me, and like, boom. That's exactly what we said yesterday. And the Ochaz says this, when you become a liar, and people know you as a liar, you're not a truthful person, even when you're saying the truth, they're not going to believe you. And that's a very, very harsh thing. Because, you know, I, I saw... What's that? That's it, the boy cried wolf. That's exactly what we said. Very good, you're Mohammed. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on also to some other Mamori Chazal about lying and about Sheker. Okay, and about Emes. Okay, there's a Gemara. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Sadi Beisam and Aleph tells us, Okay, let me translate. If a person is machlif, machlif means to switch. If you change your words, and the pastors, the achronim say it means you're lying, you don't say the MS. Ki'ilu, it's as if you're serving idols. Now I was thinking about it, what is the connection between lying, or changing your words, and worshipping up over like, you know, I understand there are many times we find that if you do this, oh my gosh, it's the worst thing in the world. You're like, and you get avoided. You know, it's terrible things. You know, you have all these things. I understand. Certain of them I understand, right? When you embarrass someone, you're killing him. We've spoken about that by embarrassing him. But what I want to discuss it over here. What does it mean? And I just, the thought just came to me now. What does it mean that if you change your words, meaning you lie, so I want to say maybe and this, I'm just, this is my own thoughts I don't see this anywhere maybe it means like this often a person will lie to get his way or to get what he wants that's why a person lies uh, you lie because I want to get something I don't want someone to know something there are many reasons ulterior motives why we lie and often it's mostly for our benefit if we really believed that the Rabboni Shalonim runs the world and the Rabboni is running the world every moment Everything about our lives is ruled by the Rabbani Shalom. We live by Hashkacha Pratis. Everything happens because of Hashem. We were brought into the world because of Hashem. We are brought into our families, our parents, our atmosphere, our teachers, our school, our rebbeim, our yeshivas, our marriage. Whatever it is, everything comes from Hashem. Why would you ever change your words? Why would you ever lie? Everything comes from Hashem. I have to say the truth. But if you're lying, you're obviously believing that there's, there's, another, there's, another, you know, there's a way out. I can run it. I could do it. I could change my words. I can get what I want. I can change the truth in order to get what I need. That's like your avoid desire. Because you don't really believe in Hashem. I think that's maybe the pshat. Again, I didn't say it anywhere, but I think that maybe sounds correct. Because if a person is machur of Deburah, again, it's a very stark aloshim. Sanhedrin, Sadi, Beis, Aleph. 
You machav de burak ilu oved avoid de zara. How many times do we lie during the day? Let's go through our day. Maybe tonight, an exercise should be before you close your eyes, after you say Krishna Amit and you thank the Rabbi Nishram for giving you a wonderful day and giving you a you know, be able to, the ability to breathe and the ability to see and the ability to hear and everything that the Rabbi Nishram has given you and the opportunities in your life and you say thank you to the Rabbi Nishram after you've done all that on a regular night you do that anyway but after that think about how many times you lied during your day small things uh, it, could be, it could be small little things okay it could be small things that someone asks you oh did you do that yeah I did it I don't do it but I wanted to do it I thought about doing it you know what I mean we lie even without realizing it sometimes, right? The Gemara says, If we don't harp, if we don't like, sort of highlight something, we don't even realize it. Sometimes if we don't realize the potency of our lying, we don't even realize that we lie. There's another Gemara base. The Gemara in Shabbos Kufitah Sama base. The Gemara in Shabbos Kufitah Sama base tells us, You know this Chazal? Chazal tell us. I mentioned, you, I mentioned this yesterday also, by the way. Shab- again, Shabbos Kufi Tesema base. The reason that Yerushalayim was destroyed, and whenever it says Yerushalayim, it means to be some Migdash and everything that goes together with it, was because Anshe Amona stopped being. Anshe Amona are trustworthy people. We don't have trustworthy people, people that are of impeccable quality, right, and, and background, and, you know, we don't have these people anymore. Chazal tell us this. And therefore, because of that, Yerushalayim was in fact destroyed. So we can see the ramifications of lying. The ramifications of not telling the truth are very far-reaching. And it's important for us to realize that. Because in our own dealings, this is something that we have to work in. Benadol Chavero teaches us when we, teach, when we learn with other people, when we teach with other people, when we interact with other people, it has to be done in a truthful manner. Right? It's another thing, by the way, people think that like when you do Kirov, so you can lie. Yeah, it's, you're allowed to do that. You know what I mean? It's a big problem. We don't have to, and this is the biggest story of Isa. I once, I'll give an example. I once wrote, they asked me to write um, the halachas for a Haggadah, which they were printing in a certain place in English. They're writing Haggadah with Divrei Torah. And they asked me, could you please write the halachas that go with, you know, because in Haggadah there's the halacha, pick this up and cover this and do this and lean and, you know, all the halachas. So they were getting the Divrei Torah together. They asked me to put together the halachas. I put together the halachas. A wonderful publication, and uh, the guy who wrote it at the end, you know, when it was finished or when it was published after Pesach, he sent me one particular like horror, one of the comments from one of the people who got it, who I, I just didn't like one of the things that I wrote. Right, it was halakhically correct, you know, whatever. He didn't like the way, or like, Ugh. so you know, you should have written it like this. It makes it more easy. And so I said, listen here, Yiddishkeit doesn't need to be sold. That's not what we're here to do. Yiddishkeit is beautiful the way it is. Yiddishkeit is gewaldic. There are many people out there that don't appreciate it. And we have to try and help them. And it's our job and our chayas to try and bring them in with warmth, with love, with gishmak. But it's automatically gishmak. We don't need to change Yiddishkeit to make it more gishmak to people. We don't need to sell it. It's not something that we have to sell to people. It is be'etzam gishmak. Maybe they were never revealed to it. They never saw it. They never realized it. So we have to open up their eyes and show them what Torah is. But we don't have to do anything with that. That's why by Kirov, you don't have to lie. It is what it is. Yiddishkeit is Kavaldi. And if it's Asa, so I'm really sorry, but it's Asa. I can't help you. Yes, there are certain times that we are allowed to do and be more makal when we're dealing with Kirov because, okay, we can use another Shita because to be more makal. That I hear. But we don't change Yiddishkeit to try and sell it to people to get them to come and join Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is Kavaldi the way it is. Just Agav. There's a Motika Rambam, Rabbi Say. Listen to this. The Rambam says in Hilcha Shavuos, 
The Rambam says, be very careful not to teach your children sheker. In other words, when you're doing chinuch, mitzvah Hashem, all of you be'ez Hashem, at the right time, and it should be easy for every one of you, we'll have children. And when you have children, you're going to have a very hard job in the generation that you're living. I'm really sorry. That, that's just the Matthias. We're living in the generation where it's not the easiest to bring up children, but that's what the Revolution wants from us. And that's the test that we have. Okay? You're going to mechanach your children. What is the definition of chenach? The definition of chenach is to train them so that when they're older, they'll do it on their own. You don't want your child holding your hand the whole time for the rest of his life. That's not good chenach. Okay? Good chenach is to be able, at his younger years, to show him, give him the appreciation, teach him what you described, what life is all about, so that when he gets to the age where he's able to do it on his own, he goes and does it on his own. Says the Rambam, and by the way, any of you that have learned Mesech to Sukkah, probably remember this from the beginning of Mesech to Sukkah, the beginning of the first parak, where it talks about Dalit Minim, whatever. Don't be Mechanech, your child, says the Rambam Pesheke. One example, by the way, is, right? One example is, don't give your child a lemon and a broomstick and say, here you go, Dalit Minim. That's not right. It's not chenuch. Now, that doesn't mean you have to get him the most expensive or maybe even a kosher set. Could be if he's too young, you can get him a non-kosher set. He doesn't know. But that's not... Chenuch means to give him the right thing. Famous Maisa. I'm sure everybody here knows the Maisa, but I love saying this Maisa. It's a beautiful story. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Agoyin, Agodla, Agoyin. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Zetzel, was one of the Gedolim in America. And he was known for his emes. Titin emes liyakov. Yeah? He walked into a cheder. For young kids, young little kids, for Cheda. And he stopped by the mezuzah to put his hand by the mezuzah. Put his hand there, couldn't feel anything. Oh, oh, it's so cute. They put it all the way down because they wanted the kids, who are young little kids, right, to be able to walk past and touch and kiss the mezuzah. They were trying to train them to kiss the mezuzah. So they couldn't put too high. So Biaki Kamenetsky stopped, he smiled, said, That's very cute, but please put it at the regular height. Uh, but, but what do you mean? The kids are not going to be able to. But that's not chenuch. Chenuch is at the right. If they can't touch it now, they'll know. When they get older, they'll be able to touch it. They'll see the adults touching it. They'll see the rabbonim touching it. They'll be okay. Famous Meister, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Now, um, when he was old, he didn't eat gebrochts. Now, not eating gebrochts, one second, not eating gebrochts is a very chassidish minig of not eating bread, uh, matzah that's been soaked. Right, for example, they won't put matzah in soup. They won't fry schnitzel with matzah because they don't want to have any contact with, um, with liquid. Okay? I'm not going into the sugar now, maybe a different time. But Akaponim, it's a general chassidish shaminik, right, B.A.? It's a chassidish shaminik. So they asked from Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rebbe, why do you do this? Why do you do this? You're not chassidish. You're Litvish. You had that big frack there with the two buttons. Come on, you're Litvish. What are you doing a chassidish shaminik? So listen to what he said. You know what he said? He said many years ago, I don't know who it was, 30, 40, whatever it was, a number of years ago, he was staying by somebody's house and it was on Pesach. And he was embarrassed to tell the person that he doesn't want to eat from their hechsha. Because that's embarrassing. You don't want to upset them. Benadam Chaver is also as chashav. Embarrassing someone is more homo maybe than many of the Yisurim of Pesach as well. So therefore, he didn't want to do that. So you know what he told them? He said a great thing. He said, I don't eat gerachts. And then they said, ah, you don't eat Ah, okay, fine, no problem. Now, he was able to say that wasn't a lie. Because from that moment onwards, for the rest of his life, he never ate gebrochs. Because he said that. Okay? There's a Maisa, I think it was with the Chovetz Chaim, the Heilige Chovetz Chaim, where the Chovetz Chaim 
um, put on Rabbeinu Tam's finin when he became older. I think it was Rabbi Chavzachim. This could have been actually also with Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, by the way. So if I'm getting the name wrong, you'll forgive me. But one of the tzaddikim. So he wore the Rabbeinu Tam's finin. And they said, Rebbe, why are you putting on Rabbeinu Tam's finin? Again, that's generally a chassidah sheminig that you are rash in Rabbeinu Tam's finin. The Litvish Oilem don't do it. You're Litvish. Why are you doing it? So he said like this. Again, listen to this. This is the sensitivity of your words. He said like this. So when he was younger, somebody said to him, Rebbe, you know where Rabbeinu Tam's finin? So he laughed at the guy. He's like, oh, when I get 60, I'll put on Rabbeinu Tam's finin. As if, like, just get out of here, like, leave me alone, you know, whatever. In a nice way, obviously. So he said, the moment I got 60, that my 60th birthday, I put a Rabbein Tanfin in. Because I told him, when, when I'm going to be 60, I'm going to put a Rabbein Tanfin in. Mm-hmm. Now, most of us are like, oh, come on, come on, it was a joke. It's not the point. He said it, he did it. I'll give you another example, okay, we'll move on. I heard this story, sounds a bit far, but it's actually not. I heard this story from the person that heard it from the Chovetz Chaim's granddaughter, okay? Happened to the Chovetz Chaim's daughter. True story. Story goes like this. The Chovetz Chaim, as we know, sold Svarim. He sold his Sefer Mishnabura. He sold his Sefer Shmir Salosh and Chovetz Chaim on the Alachas of Lashon Hora. And um, he was very, very makbid. He was very makbid to make sure that when he sold every Sefer, that every Sefer was complete. Meaning that he checked every Sefer to make sure that, you know, sometimes the pages are stuck together. Or sometimes, at least in the olden days, there was like a page that was missing because the printing press mix skipped over it. Whatever it could be. Right? These things happen sometimes, right? So the Chovetz Chaim, with no time in the world, managed to check every single safer that he sold before he sold it to make sure that it was 100% complete because you should take money from someone without selling a complete safer. So he used to do that. Wonderful. One day, he asked his child, my dear daughter, would you like to help me please check some sperm? So his daughter says, sure, Tati, no problem. I'm just going out to play right now with my friends in the park. I'll come back and I'll do it. So he says, no, I, I'd really like you to do it now. I need to get them off. I need to start, you know, moving, whatever. So would you mind doing it now? And she's like, no, no, Tati, I'll do it soon. Like, whatever. I'm, I'm, my kids, my friends are going out to the park. I really want to play with them. I'll come back. I'll do it then. He asked one more time. He said, listen, my dear daughter, I'd really, really like you to know, you know, I'd like you really much. Please help me out now. She says, Tati, when I come back, I'll do a hundreds for him. She went out to the park. She came back. There were 100 sperm waiting on the desk for her to be checked. And it wasn't a joke. Her father wasn't punishing her. She said something. Her father said, okay, you said something. So here's 100 sperm. It was like, it was like that's what you talk, you do. Okay? Again, we laugh because you think, it's such a joke, it's cute. But when, you, when, you, when your actual real words are reality, then you have to keep that which you do. You know, the Prosik tells us by the Sug of Nadarim, that whatever you do, whatever comes out of your mouth, you should do. They ask Akasha how tzaddikim are able to do amazing things. You ever went to, went to a godl and a godl gives a bracha and it works? And they're like, wow, how does he do that? He has protection with Hashem? How does he do that? How does Rabbi Chaim Kenyaski give someone a bracha who hasn't had kids for 10 years and boom, they have a child? Wow, what does that mean? How does that work? Gedolim tzaddikim from all generations had the schus of being, having the ability of the koyach of bracha to be able to give people brachas and it worked. What's pshat? They have more protection? Well, because they're bigger tzaddiks and therefore Hashem listens to them. How does it work? Yeah? So I once saw a beautiful answer. And the thing that answers tied to what we're saying. And that is, since every word that these gedolim, these tzaddikim say is emes, it's true, so the Rabboni Shalom listens to everything that they say. Because they have that koyach of a clean mouth. The Chofetz Chaim famously brings a marshal that if you take a guitar that's missing two strings, so it's got two strings left, 
the music it's going to play isn't that good. The same thing is if you take a rusty knife, a knife that's been left around, and it's rusty, it's old. You try to slice and cube an onion. It's just not going to work so well. It might work, but it's, it's, it's shvach. Our mouths are the most beautiful instrument in the world. They play the most beautiful music, the most beautiful tefillahs, the most beautiful Torah, chesed, chesed. We could do so much with our mouths. But if we use it for the wrong way, by saying sheker, or by cursing, or by saying things that we shouldn't be saying, so what happens ultimately is, is we're blunting the knife, we're rusting the knife, we're ruining the utensil by cutting off the strings of the guitar. And therefore, when we come to Daven, and we ask the Rabbi for what we want, and then we wonder, God, why don't you give me what I want? I daven every day! Come on! Where's God? He's not answering me! The answer is, because the instrument that you're using isn't so sharp, isn't so good. Because you've used it for Shekhar. You've used it for other things. And that's why it's very important for a person to watch what goes on in his mouth. Again, we're not talking about now, but of course we're including curses and other things, things that are not appropriate for Chole V'chole. But right now we're discussing in the sugya of MS. And it's so, so important. I want to just end with one last thing, by the way. Have you ever noticed how the Aleph base works? It's an amazing thing. MS and Shekhar. Listen carefully. MS is Aleph, Mem, Tof. It's the beginning, it's the middle, and it's the end of the Allah base. If you go to Sheker, it's Shin, Kuf, Resh. It's all crunched together. When something is MS, it will always be found throughout the Aleph base. If something is Sheker, so then it's only going to be in one little place. One last thing, and then we'll do your... If you look at the letters of the Aleph base, and you look at the letters of MS, Aleph, Mem, Tof. Each of them, Aleph Men of Tov, had two legs to stand on. If you look at the letters of Sheker, Shin, Kuf, and Reish, they're wobbly because they stand only on one leg. When something is MS, it can stand strong. When something is Sheker, it's wobbly, it doesn't last. MS, 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 M